Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. It is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2015. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We have a great show this evening. Our special guest back again is uh, Don Oscar Miro Quisada. His book is Lessons in Courage, the Peruvian Shamanic Wisdom for Everyday Life. I went through it again today. I had read it last year, and I, I just did a power read today. And it is a fascinating book. It's got lots of life lessons and how to kind of uh, respect the earth and one another, as well as very interesting anecdotes and stories about Don Oscar's very interesting life. We'll bring him on in a few moments. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on today. Um, we're broadcasting live from our studio, the Guys Guys Studio in Harlem, U- USA. Um it's Earth Day, so it's a perfect time to have Don Oscar on because uh, you know Earth Day is a, a new tradition and it's a good tradition and it's a time that we celebrated uh, and remember really, you know, our planet and taking care of it. And this, the planet is so, under so much siege right now between you know GMOs, who some say there's nothing wrong with GMOs, and many people think otherwise. And also pollution and chemtrails and all kinds of stuff and war and just negativity and toxicity and the media, uh, the spinning that goes on. And, uh, you know, what happens is a lot of people on this planet are struggling. A lot of them are living fear-based, reactionary existences. And uh, and a, a handful of people are, are uh, having a heck of a good time, though. So... I think it's very important that we remember uh, our roots, that we're all connected on this planet, and everybody's connected to one another and also to the planet itself and also to the uh, universe that and the universal consciousness that keeps us all together from a vibrational standpoint. Um, what's been going on? Well, in the guys' guys' world, we've got a couple of things. Uh, one... You know, the weather here in New York uh, today is we've had like it's April. So we had a beautiful morning and then it rained in the afternoon. And now the weather is actually going to get cooler again the rest of the week. We had a spectacular weekend and now we're going to get like lows in the 30s again. So once again, we've had this topsy-turvy weather system in the Northeast for the last couple of years now. And is that climate change? Is that just cyclical? I'm not sure, but it, it is it is uh, a little bit different than it used to be. I remember it being a kid. Uh, the, the winters seem longer now, and uh, they just seem to extend a little bit longer now, and they seem to start a little bit later. So maybe that has to do with the, you know, the polar axis is shifting a little bit. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting into that great weather. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the Kind of the world of sports, just, uh, you know, a lot of guys, guys like sports. Not everybody does, but and it doesn't matter, but I do. And uh, I'm going to be writing a blog post next week on the 
big uh, Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight. Uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao, I guess, because Floyd Mayweather likes to make sure that everybody knows that he's the A side of the equation. And uh, it's a great matchup of styles. It's a couple of years overdue. But both fighters, uh, you know, they're still... They're still at the end of being at the top of their game, but they're still at the top of their game for the most part. I'd say, you know, with Mayweather being 38, Pacquiao 36, it would have been nice to have the fight five years ago, but we're living in the now. And it's got a lot of drama uh, in a lot of different ways. So I think it's going to go down as one of those memorable battles between two pretty equally talented individuals. They seem to be very different guys, though. And uh, I'll get into that in my blog post, and we'll talk about a little bit about that uh, in next week's opening remarks. Um, what else is going on? Um, well, May 2nd, the day of the actually that boxing match, is a huge sports day. You've got the NFL draft. You've got the Yankees and Red Sox. You've got the Kentucky Derby. Like every sport, I don't know what's going on in tennis, but... Almost every sport has something going on the same day. And uh, so it's a great way to kick off really getting into the deep part of spring. You know, it's interesting talking about Earth Day and stuff. And we're just trying to get past that winter. And still, when it gets cool out, you know, you feel that breeze. And it's still got that winter in it in the Northeast. It's still got that. It doesn't have that warm underlying quality to it that we get in about a month or so. It's still got that chill, that winter chill that's lingering. And... um but what's what's fascinating is because we had daylight savings time uh, last month that um, we've got the actual summer solstice is coming up right around the bend, June 22nd. And at that date, the days get shorter and shorter by the minute. So it's amazing how fast time goes. Maybe it seems like that because I'm a little older now, but it really seems to fly by. Um, then we have some other stuff going on, you know, all the politics. We've got Clinton and Bush and all of that kind of stuff, but you know that's really that, that's a game, and uh, it's a. I don't even know what to say about that because it's such a sad state of affairs. The political system here, and so many people, you know, want want a, want a better representation, and they want a government that gets things done. And it's just tough. It's tough when you have uh, two parties only, and you have two parties that are pretty divided, and yet in, in a lot of ways they're kind of connected through lobbyists, etc. So. Let's go back and talk about our planet and Earth and um, and uh, our special guest this evening. Um, Don Oscar Miro Quesada, he's the visionary founder of uh, TOTH, the Heart of the Healer Foundation. He's the originator of the Pachuki Pachacuti Mesa Cross-Cultural Shamanism. Infected Kamaska Grandero and Altom Isakwa, adept from Peru, who dedicates his life to restoring sacred trust between humankind and the natural world. So, a uh, perfect guest to have uh, this evening. And we're going to talk about, I asked Don Oscar via email what he wanted to talk about tonight, and he suggested how his teachings have helped folks remember themselves as conscious evolutionary participants in the unfolding of life on Earth and beyond to the stars, and uh, it's interesting because there are references in the book to uh, star beings, and so we can talk about that a little bit. And also, uh, let's talk about the healing virtue of human love, our innate human capacity to generally care for one another, 
and Mother Nature as a unified whole. Um, more than saving, our world needs loving. And it's, uh, you know, again, the book is Lessons in Courage, and it's really fantastic because, uh, you know, I've been, I've had so many different types of guests on Guys Guys Radio, um, uh, and a lot of them have been metaphysical authors. We started out with strictly relationships uh, experts, and it's kind of uh, blossomed from there. And we've, and I've read the books that people have sent me, and I've gotten this education kind of on the go, and it's it's really helped me personally. And I'm really proud to be able to spread the word of uh, teachers like Don Don Oscar, uh, but words like vibration, oneness, intention, alignment, I am, frequency, uh, fearful living, and heart opening. All things I keep reading about and studying about and learning about and practicing based on the teachings of a lot of the guests I've had on the show. And it's interesting that you know, Don Oscar's book is about shamanism, but it's actually about all of these spiritual practices and beliefs and concepts. And it's great because all these things are, everything is connected. And we're all part of this consciousness. And I'm totally convinced that, you know, there's certain people who are getting the word out there. And I, uh, you know, I have a, a, a small role in helping share the word of some of these people and trying to do my best to put it into the terms of uh, guys, guys for, for men and for women, because the belief of the whole guys, guys movement is when men and women are at their best, everyone wins. All of our episodes and podcasts for Guys, Guys Radio can be heard on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes. Um, you can catch my blog at my website, uh, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. My novel, which the whole Guys, Guys thing uh, is based on, is called The Guys, Guys Guide to Love. And it is about love, but it's a body sexy, fun, frothy novel. Uh, on Facebook, I'm at Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author. And uh, you can catch the book. Probably the best place to catch it now would be on Amazon. It's usually on sale there. But you can catch any of the retailers or it's at a couple of other bookstores, but it's usually fastest and easiest way online. And plus, you can check out the reviews. So anyhow, without further ado, let's bring out our special guest, Don Oscar Miro Quesada. Hello, sir. Are you there, Don Oscar? Yes, I am, Robert. And what a pleasure it is to hold sacred dialogue together once again. Thanks for having me on. Um, my pleasure. Um, why don't we start with um, talking about TOTH, because that's kind of really the foundation of your, your practice. Uh, tell us what the T-H-O-T-H stands for and uh, what that's all about. Certainly. Well, uh, Toth was the name of the first enlightened being that ever visited this good earth, according to Egyptian lore, Uh, also known as Imhotep, the architect and great designer of the pyramids and also the bringer of sciences and arts to the early Egyptian dynasties, T-H-O-T-H stands for the thrice great Hermes Trismegistus, who was the true superstar, talking about sports, talking about uh, the Mayweather and Pacquiao fight coming up. They couldn't even hold a pinky up to the power of this uh, this superstar. He was considered the original innovator of 
the ability for humans to even contemplate their purpose in life. They, he was the great philosopher, the great illuminator, and therefore the heart of the healer, which is our organization, happens to have the same, as an acronym, happens to have the same spelling as Thoth, the Egyptian enlightened mm -hmm. one. And it also stands for T, the first T, which is trusting soul, H, honoring spirit, O, opening heart, T, transforming mind, and H, healing body. And our organization is dedicated to all five pursuits. And that's what, what the, thought stands for. What is Pachacuti Mesa tradition for our listeners who are not aware? Excellent. And, and I do want to thank you for the valiant and very noble attempt at, at <laughs> pronouncing these very uh, esoteric <laughs> words because they are derived from the... Uh, dialect of my indigenous ancestors in Peru called Quechua. And so they're a little they're tongue twisters, but uh, man, I bow to you Robert for giving it a shot. And Pachacuti Sorry, I'll do better No, no, that's very cool. And there's no better done. You've done perfect. You know how it is. Pachacuti P-A-C-H-A-K-U-T-A-T-I means world reversal or cosmic transformation. And we understand in the shamanic ways of my people that everything is change, everything is in flux, everything is transforming. As we speak now, our body is reconstituting itself at the molecular level. We are shedding our skin. Every two weeks we grow a new epidermis. So. We are in a constant state of transformation. Pachacuti means a, a state of change. And so the shamanic tools and techniques that I have been privileged to apprentice others in empower change. They strengthen that natural uh, working in life, which is to always evolve, to always grow, and to always transform. So the Pachacuti Mesa is a ritual ground, a ceremonial space that you can use to accelerate and sometimes even um, decelerate or uh, attenuate, reduce the amount of change in one's uh, circumstance, life circumstance. And there's various ways of doing so that uh, involve uh, song and chanting and uh, controlled breathing and certain postures, very much like the yogic sciences of the Vedantic tradition of, of India or the Taoist practices uh, that are the foundation of martial arts in China, very similar practices. And so we 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 encourage the the pachacuti, the world transformation by first changing ourselves in the process. I lost you for a second there, Don. Can you hear me, Don? Uh, yes. yes, I can. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yes. I just lost you for a second. Okay. Um, let's 
talk about the book a little bit. Right out, right out of the gate in the book, as, as I mentioned in my opening comments, a lot of the tenets and concepts of vibration and oneness and intention and alignment and the I am, uh, I am isms and frequency and fear and heart opening, they're all in there. And you start out the book in a powerful way talking about the big question, how can we make sense of our suffering? And I, I ask you that and why what you're doing and why that question is so important in the world right now. Every Everybody I talk to and all these books that I've been reading and all these guests I've had all seem to, and, and everything I read when I'm on uh, online or elsewhere, it seems to point to that this is a very powerful time of, of change and reexamination of where we are. And, and the frequency for many is rising, but we have Hello? Hello? Can you Hello? hear me? Uh, you, you, you faded out there for a moment. I'm sorry. Okay. Could you hear me? Can you hear yeah, me now? Yeah, I hear you now. Yes, I can. Okay. All right. So the question was, let me restate it. Uh, I'll shorten it up a little bit. You start out the book with how can we make sense of our suffering? And it seems like with all the great guests I've had on the show and a lot of the books I've read and a lot of the things I read just in general seem to indicate this is a very powerful time of change. Um, what, what's your point of view about that and, and the question that you state in the book, how can we make sense of our suffering? Certainly. Well, like you stated in your opening words, Robert, there's quite a bit of injustice in the world. There's quite a bit of chaos and breakdown and confusion and uh, the struggle of the great majority of our planetary people, of our population on this good earth, um, is really losing their connection to the awareness that although pain may be inevitable, suffering is optional. And mm -hmm. suffering is a condition that is part and parcel of being human because it uh, it's not easy to be alive. You know, let's face it, it's a pain in the ass sometimes. We, we're going to be challenged and we're going to have to face some very difficult choices and, you know, and some people are going to have to face catastrophic illnesses and great crises and near-death experiences. Yet all of these are opportunities for health. They are opportunities to deepen one's own understanding that we're really not in charge, that we are just passerbys, and that in that state of peaceful acceptance and surrender that to the fact that we're not meant to uh, you know, explain the great mystery of life, but to live it fully, that inner peace that evolves is the key to being able to lead a life in which uh, suffering uh, becomes a choice rather than a, uh, a condition. And in that sense, I believe that it's a very good motivator, discomfort. These crises we have in life are rites of passage, initiations. And with the proper tools, they can be great allies and great friends. When we resist them, they become the worst of adversaries. 
and very, very destructive, if you get my drift. No, I do, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a topic that's very germane to me. Last, I mean, I'm a real fitness freak, and I've run three marathons, and I run around Central Park all the time, you know, the six-mile loop, and I've always been an athlete and always pride my, I do, like, at least 60. Last year, it was 70 push-ups every morning and then hold the plank position. I work out in the gym. I just, I'm crazy. And I just threw a uh, a uh, diagnosis of opportunity, if you will. I found out um, that I had a growth on each kidney that had to be removed, and it was a real uh, wake-up call to me. And I wanted to figure out, okay, what was the lesson? I didn't want to fight it. I wanted to go with it and try to learn from it. And then I wanted to ask my body, which I did, to release release these growths and... Uh, and uh, I had perfect uh, outcomes in my two procedures, two robotic procedures. And now that's five months behind me, and uh, the coast is clear, and it's all it's all good. And there should be, you know, that should be it. And I, I think I really got a second chance by having something happen that by accident that uh, led me to have a real reexamination of, you know, why we're here, how to make the most out of life. And um, realize that we're, as you say in your book, spiritual beings having a human experience. And I had the chance, because I actually had two procedures, that I had a chance to think, go through a procedure and then wait five weeks, knowing I had to go back for a tougher one five weeks later. And i got to tell you, it was, a, it was a real challenge. But it was interesting, because I also read in your book that um, uh, you talk about the healing. And healing requires two skill sets. Uh, developing an imagination, seeing the patient as whole, and then working in harmony with powers embodied on the medicine ground to raise the vibration. And it's interesting. For the first point, you know, I asked my wife, well, what do you think of all this? And she said, well, I see you as healthy. And it seems like, and that's the only way I see you. And that's exactly what you state in your book, using imagination as seeing the patient as whole, and then also working with harmony uh, to uh, with the powers embodied on the medical ground to raise the vibration. I've been working on my vibration, doing a lot of exercises for that with frequency for the past eight months or so. And I've got to tell you, the anxiety and any anxiety that I've had in my life has been lifted. Even I can't even, you know, going through what I went through, it seems like nothing now. Uh, I went through it and I have a clean slate and it's not like I beat anything. It's I just had an opportunity to reassess everything. I, I know I'm kind of a pick up, t- pick this up from me, Don Oscar, and talk about. I know, I know, I I, 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 re- I resonate and understand and agree wholeheartedly with everything you have expressed, because really you were given an opportunity to look deeper at your life with this unpleasant surprise of these two growths being detected. And the minute that you have an uninvited guest, such as these growths, whether they be tumors or hernias or whatever, um, the first thing anyone that has a semblance of uh, of awareness is going to do is exactly what you did, which is using your disciplined imagination, be able to focus and 
concentrate all of your efforts, sustain an image of yourself being free of this condition, and knowing that even following any surgical intervention that may may be necessary, that that was the end of it, that those uninvited guests that were, you know, taking your body as a host without being really welcomed, uh, will never come back again. And having the support of your beloved wife, which is the most significant other, also hold that thought form for you just potentiates the ability we have as spiritual beings to overcome these types of challenges, be them physical or emotional. And I, I'm I'm totally into what you're saying when it comes to raising our vibrational frequency because we are mind-body organisms. There is absolutely no duality, no separation between our thoughts and our physiology. And the more we can bring our thinking into that that is whole, that is of beauty, of grace, of uh, of appreciation and gratitude. All of these experiences will allow our body to relax, surrender, and be free of the stresses that are produced by anxious thinking, by that drunken monkey, as they call it in recovery. The mind is a wonderful servant, yet a horrible, horrible master. <laughs> Disciplining our mind through our thoughts and imagination is key to sustaining overall health. And I'm very pleased to hear that you're feeling well and that uh, your recovery has been successful, my good brother. Keep those marathons uh, going. <laughs> well, I'm going to back out in Central Park on May 1st. I've been listening to my body doing some exercises and listening to, and I wanted to get out there. And my body said, no, not yet. No, not yet. And then it gave me a date, May 1st. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, I'll take it easy on the first run. But, uh, you know, I'm doing push-ups and holding the plank position. I've got all these holes that were punk- punched into me. And I could feel, oh, feel oh, Lord. them it's all healing up now, though. But you know what? I don't think of it that way. People, I, I'll pull up my shirt and they're like, wow, it looks like you got shanked in the prison fight. And I'm like, it's, it's you know, I don't even think of it. I just... I just went through it, and um, it was a it was a great it really reassured me about who I am, and I I guess I needed that journey, and um, and now I'm so appreciative of everything, uh, and I, I just learned, and your book has reiterated everything I've been going through, and it's interesting because I read the book once a year ago and uh, or a year and a half ago, and now I went through it again, and. Um, it had much more resonance the second time because you're touching on everything. I want to get into the next thing you talk about is um, the I am presence. And I do a lot of I aming and I, uh, and I do that all day and a lot of different things. I, I, you know, tell myself and I feel that those two words are super powerful. How do you tell us about your feelings about I am and how you incorporate it into your work? Well, as you will know, the I, capital I, am, capital A-M, is a, uh, a spiritual wisdom that is shared by not only all the world's organized religions, yet by f- 
all of the mystics and depth philosophers since time immemorial. And it basically refers to the Gnostic or Gnosis, the Gnostic understanding that oneself is divine, that oneself is God, goddess, whatever you want to call it. And in, in you know, on the Sermon of the Mount, the Master Teacher Yehoshua Christos, uh, Jesus says, "Be still and know, I am God." And he says that not about for people to know that he is the Son of God, yet right. that they know themselves that they are God, that they are divine. And that state of awareness that one is creation itself and the ultimate ground of being allows a a life experience that um, that I feel is the solution to every problem we have on this good earth. If people would only restore their trust in a power greater than themselves, than their ego minds, and cultivate a relationship with the I am, they would see life and others as themselves, and hence there'd be no conflict in the world. Now, how um, the way I, I use I am, I'll, one of the, I have many things I will say to myself internally, and one of them that I make sure I say every day is, I am the conquering presence, and I command that it govern my mind, my world, my home, and my affairs. And I believe it was from St. Germain, um, and I heard, I think, Wayne Dyer or somebody mention that on a, on a tape, and I wrote it down, and it's super powerful. How do you incorporate uh, I am into your, your practice? And um, do you have any personal things that you do? And how can, how would you, what would you recommend to our listeners in terms of how, how to best use the I am uh, aspect of uh, living, if you will? Certainly. Well, I found that talking about vibration, as you've mentioned, sound and breath and uh, focused uh, imagination raises one's vibrational frequency exponentially. So what I suggest is to use the I am as you would do any mantra, any mantralization, toning the I on the first breath and the am on the second. And what that does from a point of view of the chakra activation is that when you bring the uh, you start with the I, you sit down in a comfortable chair uh, with a straight body but not rigid, you know, loose and lower abdominal, uh, you know, belly breathing, and close your eyes, simply take a few deep breaths through the nose, and then simply inhale deeply, and then tone, is the sound of the anahata or heart chakra to e very high which is the crown the the superior realm which is the sahasara chakra or the the seventh and then it forms the ascending triangle the triangle with the apex pointing upward and then mm-hmm. uh, 
followed by the M, starting with the anahata, and the M, like an Om, is integrative, and it anchors you in the root chakra, forming the descending triangle, or the triangle with the apex pointing to the bottom. Together they form the six-pointed star, which is the Sri Yantra, the symbol of cosmic equilibrium, the seal of Solomon, as above, so below, the ultimate vibrational imprint in the human body of a balanced life. And that is imprinted in your energy body. So if you tone Mm -hmm. I followed by the M three times, and anybody listening can try this right after the call, you will feel an alignment, a balancing, an equilibrium. And then try it seven times. And then in multiples of seven, 14, 21, 28. If you do 28 IMs, uh, I I bow to your ability to sustain an altered state of consciousness because you get pretty, pretty high. (laughs) Yet seven IMs suffices to be able to bring yourself into total balance and equanimity in the midst of the most horrendous chaos in your life. I highly suggest that. And it puts you in touch with great spirit. It allows you to open up to something much larger and wiser than yourself, whatever you want to call it or however you want to define it. That's the practice that I suggest. And that's in your Mm -hmm. book. So it's more about, for you, it's more about the sound than what comes after it. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people will use it like I am, and then the w- whatever words come after it become what you are. And your take no, on no, it I, 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 both, sound. both, Robert. Both? Also, okay. a very good, yeah, a very good exercise is to answer these three questions, right? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I becoming? And who can I be? And so by just letting it rip, free associate, just, you know, who am I? Who am I becoming? Just write an answer. It can be, you know, a couple of words or it can be a novel. It's up to you. And then, who can I be? Answering those three questions allows a deepening of one's um, higher understanding that if you start your day with prayer that connects you to this I am Mm -hmm. and end your day with prayer that connects you to the I am. In other words, you know, uh, make sure to live each day in awareness of, of, of God, of spirit that Mm -hmm. will go ahead and very quickly, um, provide, uh, a, a respite from the constant bombardment of BS that we experience in the world. And by BS, I mean belief systems. Because these practices allow you to experience life rather than have to adhere to any belief of the way things are. I hope I make myself clear. Very, very much so. Um, Another area where I think uh, people who have decided to get on a journey to uh, the goal of raising their frequency over time is uh, and I find for myself is my opening the heart chakra is I've, I've done it 
but I don't find that's the easiest thing. Opening my crown is a lot easier than opening up my heart chakra. And you have a whole chapter in your book about um, heart opening and what it is. And you also mentioned in that uh, an interesting story about this beggar that appeared and gave you uh, a book, The Psychology of Man's Possible Evolution, and then he disappeared. But talk to us a little bit about... Um, heart opening and why it's important and how what practices we can do to uh, try to accomplish that. Well, of course, my good friend. And uh, as you mentioned, in Lessons in Courage, uh, Peruvian Shamanism for Everyday Life, there's uh, a number of tools and techniques that may help those interested in, in this type of uh, spiritual evolution attain uh, more expanded levels of understanding what their what their purpose on this good earth is, and aside from that, uh, learn to be grateful for your birthright, because it's a very rare and privileged experience to be on this earth. There's not many good planets are hard to find nowadays. <laughs> So uh, when it comes to opening heart, that's the most important thing, is the gratitude, the appreciation. Now, people who have closed their hearts for a number of reasons due to, you know, childhood sexual abuse or uh, denial of love uh, by their primary caretakers or any type of other unfortunate circumstance, which is are too many to mention, uh, uh, usually um, have a, a crisis of trust. It's hard for them to be able to open up, first of all, to trust that the world is a friendly place. So the way that I encourage people to gradually change that is to um, go to and see a child being born or watch, even if you are a very hardcore criminal, right? Take yourself to the deathbed of a dying elder. That go to a hospice care center and sit in the room while the family and the nursing staff hold space for that soul to make their transition, and do so consciously. Be in the presence of either birth or death. And when I say be in the presence of it, I'm talking about go there consciously, fully present, and be there with your entire being. That will open your heart like no other technique. And then, of course, for those that already have a crack open in that door of of heart perception, um, volunteer work at shelters, uh, being a big brother or big sister to a orphan child, anything in which you extend yourself out to another is the best way to find out who you really are. And that type of, uh, you know, sacred volunteerism is also very powerful uh, method or, or approach to opening heart. And then, of course, after that, is falling madly in love with someone without losing yourself totally in it and having some wild sex. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking, speaking of wild, not necessarily sex, but you were a pretty wild kid. 
And um, the story, that's why I love the anecdotes and the stories because, you know, when you met uh, Don Celso, um, you know, you were on a surfing trip and uh, you guys, you and your buddies partied a lot. And then, uh, you know, this meeting kind of changed things for you. And uh, you still afterwards uh, got in trouble a little bit here and there. But, um, you know, so you're a regular guy's guy and you've been all around. What was, I know when you were, uh, a kid, you had asthma, and then these uh, three star beings kind of showed up in your bedroom. And uh, what was the path from that occurrence to meeting Don Celso, and then meeting Don Benito, and then just your journey? I mean, how how linear was this? Uh, did, did was it all connected, or did some things you know happen, and then time elapsed, and then something else happened, and then you kind of put everything together? Yes, yes, and yes to everything. <laughs> yes. So one thing I do need to say is that, uh, you know, Buckminster Fuller, that I'm sure you're aware of, uh, had a saying, he says, nature abhors straight lines. So I don't, I wouldn't say it was a linear path. It was more like a fractal <laughs> uh, a m- movement uh, between that near-death experience I had where the three shining ones at age 10 when the three shining ones uh, uh, healed me of asthma and then at age 18 uh, meeting Don Celso. That period of time in between those eight years uh, as, as it's narrated in the book uh, wasn't the best time of my life. There was a lot of self-destructive behavior and the like. I kept on and surfing. As a matter of fact, you talking about your being a fitness buff. I just returned from Costa Rica from the second longest wave in the world at a beach called Pavones from a, a lifelong dream because I still surf and my wife was kind enough to uh, take a vacation down there. And I say this because uh, in the age between the first visitation from by these uh, you know energy entities that uh, actually extracted the asthmatic condition from my physical lungs and then revealed in images and visions pretty much you know spot on all of the pivotal moments in my earth walk that would lead me to where I am now which I, as a matter of fact, I, I forgot totally about until I met Don Celso, as I narrate in the book, um, was a type of surfing, and most of it included uh, consisted of wipeouts of, you know, unskilled maneuvers on waves I shouldn't have been surfing on, and mm-hmm. I. You know, I experimented with every mind-altering substance there was. You know, I was a child of the '60s, so you know, and uh, and and it didn't help much because I wasn't doing it with reverence. I was doing it as an escapism. I also had very bad relationships even after I met Don Celso. Even after I began, I, I accepted his sanction to carry these teachings and lineage forward into the modern world, I still was rebellious. My ego still got in the way. And it's been really a lifelong process of finally finding the right beach and the right wave with the right conditions and knowing how to uh, keenly 
acutely observe the weather patterns, and I use this metaphorically because it's life is much easier when you stop and mm-hmm. sit and take the time to look around you and then decide how to walk. And mm-hmm. I hope that this answers your question, brother. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit um, about then your uh, your teachings when you work with other people uh, that uh, they can take advantage of getting to work with you directly and some of your retreats, etc., and your social media stuff. I uh, just, I have lots and lots and lots more questions, but let's get to let's get to uh, kind of uh, how listeners can get hold of you and what what they would expect when they work with you and some of your retreats coming up and things like that. I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Certainly. So um, currently, uh, I am, for the first time, this is my last year, was my first year, um, been offering the shamanic teachings that I have been privileged to be a carrier or custodian of uh, virtually uh, as webinars and through video uh, programs. And I've been fortunate to be uh, involved with the SHIFT Network, uh, which is a very respected uh, organization that um, is dedicated to human evolution. And so I've been presenting these programs virtually, and you can visit heartofthehealer.org and find out more about those those uh, webinars. And I also teach in-person apprenticeships that uh, uh, require uh, some level of preparation by my sanctioned teachers. So there's a cadre of long-standing students of mine, that some of them that have been studying with me since 1990, that I trust like I trust myself. So they also offer apprenticeship programs. And so in combination with this, I'm also doing some reforestation work and sustainable development in the Peruvian Amazon and the Tambopata Rainforest, where we have a retreat center called Sipapu, which is a Hopi term. It means place of emergence. And we invite people down there that want to really uh, take it to the next level, immerse themselves in the in the living soul of the Amazon rainforest, and uh, and have a change of life, really, and so and apprentice deeply these ways uh, in the maiden ground where they emerged. So through both the in-person apprenticeships, the virtual teachings, and also these pilgrimages to very sacred lands of Peru, uh, I'm fulfilling my uh, my bequeath by my primary mentor, Don Celso, to make the traditions of our people available to the developed nations of the world. And that's where I'm at. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, Don Oscar, you're, a, you're an inspiration. I could go on and on, and I have a whole list of questions I haven't even gotten to yet because the book's so fascinating. What you do is so fascinating, so maybe we can have you back on again in a couple of months and just pick up from there because I love talking to you, and I love what you're doing, and I love the book. The book is Lessons in Courage, 
the Peruvian shamanic wisdom for everyday life. It's Don Oscar Miro Quesada and also Bonnie Glass Coffin, PhD. And I actually had her on the Guys Guys radio show about six months ago, and she's a very lovely woman. And she had a lot of great insights also. So I want to thank you, Don Oscar, for taking the time to be with us and sharing your wisdom and your teachings uh, and your information with our listeners. And uh, I hope you will grace us with your presence uh, again at some point soon. It's an honor, and it will always be an honor to support your good work, brother. And uh, thank you, Bonnie, for uh, being on the show. And Amazon.com, Lessons and Courage, if you like it, give us a review. It will help a lot. Thank you to all. Okay, Robert, stay stay healthy and, and wise, and we'll see you next time. Okay, thank you, sir. And have a good one, and happy Earth Day, and keep doing the great work you're doing. Happy Earth Day to you, and much love. Adios. You too. Back at you. Okay, that's our show for this evening. Our guest, the fascinating Don Oscar Miro Casada. Again, his book is Lessons in Courage. Pick it up. It's really, it's a it's a very clear, it's very well written. The lessons are fantastic, and uh, he, he's doing great work. And uh, it synthesizes a lot of other uh, spiritual uh, teachings that are out there. And as I mentioned, some of the key words, that uh, and concept vibration, oneness, intention, alignment, I am, frequency, uh, living with fear, uh, and also opening the, the heart space. So these are all things that are important to us. And uh, again, it's Earth Day. Uh, be kind to Earth and reconnect with it. And as Don Oscar says in his book, remember uh, who we are and what we're doing. So that's been our show for this evening. Uh, and I want to thank all of our listeners for being with us once again. Next week, we're, we've got a relationship expert. Suzanne Oshima is going to be back. Uh, she's been on the show a few times. We're going to talk about relationships moving forward into the summer months. And I want to thank all our listeners again. And uh, just remember, when uh, men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. That's what guys, guys are all about. You can be a guy. You can be a woman. You can be straight. You can be gay. It doesn't matter. A guy's guy. It's a, it's a concept where when everybody's at their best, everybody wins. So, And one other thing. Uh, Guys, guys, as you know, uh, finish first.